Hello everyone, it's Friday the 42nd of december and welcome to episode... How many is it? Of the... Sorry, who are we again? I can't remember. With me, Will Eagle. That's not right, is it? It's it's Monday the 24th of march and it's episode... Oh, I've forgotten too, I'm afraid. And, and you're... With you, everyone's favourite podcaster, Chris Evans. Chris Evans? Captain America? Cool. Sorry, I'll, I'll start again. There's something just not right this morning. Something major's missing. Yeah, you know what it is? It's Becky. She's missing. Ah, uh, yeah. We're just, I mean, we're, we're so, honestly, we're just terrible without it. I'm, I'm not sure we can do it without it. It's just, it's too different. I'm not sure I can do it. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like a spaniel with my tail in plaster. Shall we not do it until she's back? No, come on, guys. Let, let's crack on. I tell you what, since it was Valentine's Day earlier in the week, and since Becky is so pivotal to the success of this podcast, clearly, let's dedicate this episode to everyone in the industry who are twice the person they are with 10 times the business they have because of their better halves. Excellent idea there, Ben. Brilliant, because I know that with Becky, my market reports are twice as good as they would be otherwise, and my jokes, ten times as funny with my podcast, Bride by My Side. On with the show, Will. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure that's much of a ringing endorsement. Anyway. (laughs) You know what? This show gets more and more like a pantomime every week it goes by. Oh, no, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not following on with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hello, everyone. It is Friday, the 17th of February, and welcome to episode 142 of the Kite Podcast with me, Will Evans. And me, Ben Eagle. Uh, Will, it's really good to have you back as well. How uh, How have your last couple of weeks been? Very, very busy. I haven't been on holiday, unfortunately, like Becky. Ben, I've just been, um, yeah, working hard. Yeah, for a change. The, yeah, Lincolnshire, <laughs> Lincolnshire Farming Conference looked good last week. Um, anyway, yeah, producer Becky is, um, she is away in Australia for a few weeks, um, and has trusted us completely in keeping this show on the road. I cannot believe she's done that, but anyway, uh, today on the podcast, we are talking about digital dairy chain which is a new £21 million project led by Scotland's Rural College from its Barony campus near Dumfries. The project aims to boost the rural economies of Cumbria and southwest Scotland with its focus on connecting the dairy chain. They're planning to do this through the creation of a research, innovation, business and skills platform. We'll find out more about what they mean by that today and encouraging further digitalisation of the dairy supply chain. So to tell us about Digital Dairy Chain, we are joined by Stuart Martin, who is its programme director. We're also joined by David Keeley, who is a senior consultant at Kite. And as always, we're joined by everybody's favourite dairy market analyst, Chris Walkland. Chris, let's go to you for the Milk Market Report. Where are you this week? Yeah, well, Becky's in Australia at the moment, and I'm metaphorically bringing you my report from down under two in New Zealand. Jeepers, are they having it rough there? Mm. Let's all spare a thought for what they're going through with Cyclone Gabriel, the second Mm. serious weather event to hit the country in weeks. Only the third ever state of emergency has been declared, and suffice it to say, a lot of milk isn't being collected. 
We'll be getting an update next week on exactly what that means for farming in the dairy sector from New Zealand. And in the meantime, all our all the best to our colleagues there. So to Europe for the report, though, and where are we with that rally I spoke about last time? And I think there's been some definite cooling of the mood on butter with the traded market in the futures, both easing back uh, this week. Now, butter is probably around 4,800 euros now. There's a massive food trade show next week, Gulf Food in Dubai. It's the world's biggest show. And what generally happens at these shows is food buyers and traders turn up from all over the world and talk the market either up or down. They will seize on the mood either way and exaggerate it. However, despite those thousands of traders doing that, the two most influential market movers in the world, by far, according to posters on the Farmers Forum, i.e. me and Potter, won't be there. The Dutch Dairy Board price increased for the second week running, which is another positive. It's normally a week or two behind the traded market. I talk about it, but it does help to settle, reinforce the tone. Uh, the Dutch price this week settled at 4,600 euros. So I'd expect another increase next week as it's still behind some of the spot prices being listed. Uh, in fact, all of the major commodities from France, uh, Germany and the Netherlands either held or posted increases this week. And we haven't seen that for five months. Uh, so UK butter is around 4,100 sterling on that basis. And cream here is lifted uh, on the back of butter to around £1.60 a kilo. So a pretty significant bounce from where it was. Uh, it's a lot more on the continent, though, about £1.80 to £1.90. So maybe there's another upward driver there. On the futures, it was uh, 13 unlucky. Monday the 13th was unlucky this week when the EU butter futures dipped for the first time since the 23rd of January. Um, they rose to 5,100 euros, but every day this week they've dropped back and now average 4,800. And all of this is the back of sentiment. I don't think there's much logic there. Uh, at all uh, skin prices about the same as they were so the farm gate equivalent of the futures is still mainly in the 30 pence zone but at the lower end not near the top uh, cheese is stabilizing to increasing in europe um, but as we as um, butter weakens cheese buyers are standing back a bit too i hear uh, Gouda is around 3,250 euros, mozzarella at 3,100. So over that 3,000 threshold, and that's a crucial uh, thing at the moment. Uh, curd is stable, around 3,750 euros, and that values UK mild at 3,500 sterling. But I'm not sure many manufacturers here are going to sell at that price. Uh, spot milk is around 40 pence. Uh, meanwhile, more price cuts have been announced in GB. Meadow is down um, 4.5 pence for March, so 7 pence since December. 
in Northern Ireland, Glambia down uh, 5p and Dale Farm and Lakeland about the same. However, you'd think that cow prices in the markets will be tanking as a result of all these big price cuts. But are they? Well, Market Drayton Auction reported demand for cows last week was steaming hot. And this week described it as being scalding hot and probably the best trade ever at Drayton. I rang the auctioneer and he said, basically, it mystifies me. I've never known anything like it and I don't understand it. But he's only been doing the job 35 years. So when it comes to assessing logic, dairy farmers, he's only a beginner still. (laughs) Unlike Stuart, who understands them 100%. At Carlisle, 206 dairy cows sold again to the dearest trade scene at Borderway, reported H&H. So why might this be the case? Well, is it the fact that cull cow prices are good and rubbish cows are going and being replaced by better ones? Might make a bit of sense. Is it because there aren't cattle in the system? Not as many young stock coming forward or... Maybe the usual phenomenon that when milk prices fall, farmers keep more cows to keep up their incomes. Uh, possibly because uh, some farmers destocked last year due to the forage situation or maybe restocking again prior to the grazing season. Many factors, but these cow prices are on fire. Personally, I think it might be the fact that farmers have done pretty well over recent months. And rather than hand over large tax bills to Rishi Sunak to spaff against the wall, they're going to spend it themselves, which is what I would do. Because if I had to milk cows, I'd want to milk nice cows, the very best cows, by which I mean ones with lovely big eyes. Racy eyelashes, a cute nose and a swift, tufty bit of hair on the top of their heads to scratch. I mean, why would you breed for anything else? But hang on a minute. Will, Ben, lovely big eyes, racy eyelashes, a cute nose and a swift, tufty bit of hair. All of that is just reminded of three, two, one. Becky! <laughs> she is she's rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> I haven't heard the word racy since about 1986. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back with us soon. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'm imagining Becky's face now. Yep. Okay. Um uh, okay. Thank you, Chris. Stuart, welcome back to the podcast. You you've been on before but in a previous role. So can you introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Yeah, thanks, chaps. And and th- thanks for having me back. Um, I, I've been in the dairy industry now um, just for over 20 years. My previous role before this one was I was policy manager at National Farmers Union of Scotland, and I also managed the Scottish Dairy Hub. A lot of people might know me through that. But now I'm the programme director for the digital dairy chain. Fantastic. So tell us tell us about Digital Dairy Chain's purpose. What is it and, and why was it set up? Yeah, I, I mean, our, our elevator pitch, if you like, is what we're here to do is to transform the dairy supply chain with innovation, collaboration and growth. 
Now, before I sort of wax lyrical about what that is and break that down, it, it's quite interesting to take a step back to look at where we got our funding from and where it sort of started, because that, that maybe sort of moulds you into thinking of, of, of why we're here. So apparent, um, it, it came from um, funding from UK Research and Innovation Grant. Now, UKRI is a non-departmental public body sponsored by the Department for Business, Energy and Industry. And what they're here to do is to invest in close co um, collaboration with others to build thriving, inclusive research and innovation systems. And, and they, they focus mainly on productivity and prosperity. So it's key to understand that, you know, this was a, a, a piece of funding that we applied for in that process and, 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 and got it through that process. Again, another really interesting point, I think, that's in tandem with this. And if you look at the sort of, without getting too deep, is the, the sort of zeitgeist of the economy, not just in agriculture, but further out where this country is going. And, you know, and Chris um, mentioned Richie Sunak there earlier is, I think it was only about three weeks ago, you, you know, the Chancellor's checker, Jeremy Hunt, came out and made a, a quite a powerful speech. And he talked about enterprise. He talked about everywhere, meaning about the sort of levelling up throughout the country. He talked about education. He talked about employment, but more importantly, he talked about this this golden thread running through what he said was successful businesses in this country, and that was innovation. And and innovation is the key word I think this government's going to um, um, push forward. Again, I think it was only last Friday that in, in Michelle Donnellan, they appointed a Secretary of State for Science, Innovation and Technology, um, a, a completely new role. So, you know, with with these very sort of loose foundations, you you get to an, an understanding of where this project's coming from. So again, just concisely and for clarity, this is a five-year project um, from UK um, RNI money with a budget of twenty-one million pound, and we're here to hopefully transform the dairy sector in the region and uplift the rural economy via grant funding and other solutions that I'll I'll, I'll come on to. I think as well. Um, at this point, it's also worth mentioning that the geography, that's a key issue. Um, this has been described as Southwest Scotland and Cumbria. Now, Cumbria is fairly straightforward. It's on a map and you you can you see the outline. Southwest Scotland, it's, it's odd because in my head as a Scotsman, Southwest Scotland and probably to most dairy farmers in Scotland is Dumfries, Tunrar, all the fertile land that runs along there. But but this project's a bit more than that. We stretch right up into, into Glasgow, into Ayrshire, and also in some areas of Lanarkshire. So it is that big sort of square, if you can imagine, mm. um, on the, the sort of bottom left hand of Scotland. The relevance to that is, I think, two things. I've only been in the job six weeks. And when you tell that to people, they're now thinking, oh, wow, that's bigger region than we thought. But also it's significant because it includes a lot more farmers and it includes a lot of the processors and a big chunk of the, the, the supply chain in, in, in Scotland. And, well, I think the other really interesting point to point out is, you know, people see this £21 million and I was maybe as guilty as others before I joined this project. And you think, wow, that's a large chunk of money. How are you going to direct that? Again, it's very important to point out that we are not doing this alone. This is... Mm -hmm. One of the key points of this project is collaboration, and we're doing it alongside 10 in grant drawing partners. And fascinatingly, we had a quarterly review meeting with these partners, and we all sat in a room yesterday with government to look at how the project was going. And again, it's worth mentioning these. So it's ourselves, SRUC, we're the project lead, University of Strathclyde, University of West of Scotland, um, uh, an organisation called Census, who are uh, an innovation um, centre. They work with 
private and public organisations to de-risk and accelerate innovation and growth. First Milk are involved in the project. Lactalis, who have their, their site at Stranra, are involved. Kendall NutriCare, a, a really interesting organisation company in Kendall that produce baby powder products. Cows & Co., which is a cheese company down in, in Appleby. NMR, the National Milk Recordings, they're involved. And also Start um, Smart Stems, who I'll probably give you a bit more information later on in this interview about who they are. So I mean, who's, who's yeah, so, not involved, Stuart? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But again, Ben, I think the really fascinating thing about that is um, is collaboration. And it was really fascinating for me to observe, you know, competing organizations, a whole supply chain in a room yesterday, understanding this is for the benefit of all. Mm. Very exciting. So can you, I mean, you've touched on some of them, but can we perhaps drill a bit down a bit further into some of the key themes involved in the project? Because you're looking at um, three things, business support, research and innovation and education and careers. Perhaps we'll take each one in turn to look at the kind of work you're doing um, to support the dairy chain. So business support first, what, what does that mean? What are you doing in that area? Yeah, a- a- absolutely right. I mean, to facilitate business growth, um, and this is to look at, um, ac- and again, this is across the supply chain. This is from farmer right up, right up to um, up to the process and beyond. So we'll be tackling um, early ventures, scaling up businesses, established companies that want to undertake new product development and process improvement. Now, these are all very clever words that you you, you write in grant forms. And a lot of the stuff we're doing is going to be intertwined. But what does this actually mean? Well, the the, the first one here is we there's an initiative called the Milk Round Technology Accelerator, and this is the work that the organisation Sensor is working for. Now, what they're going to do is they're initiating supporting individuals and SMEs with technology ideas that could improve efficiency in, in the dairy sector in the region. Reduce its environmental impact, um, or, or help to meet net zero targets. Um, what they actually do is offer a hands-on technical engineering and business support to help develop their concept and to fast track something demonstration and testing. So it's 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 physical. You know, if you are sitting there with an idea, you've taken it to a stage, and you maybe can't get it to the next. Give us a call. Give Census a call, and we will come in and make it make it a, a reality. Again, something really more tangible is what has been ring-fenced within the £21 million is collaborative and innovation grants of up to £3 million that we'll be making available to UK registered businesses operating in the dairy sector. Um, um, And this will enable people to look at robotics, sensors, advanced manufacturing. um, And this will also include farmers can, can apply for this as well. Now, the first tranche of this money, and it's something that would be quite useful to promote um, today, is the first tranche of this money we are going to be releasing in um, in April, May. And we're working with Innovate, the UK government body that are handling this grant, just to get the, the T's and C's of it put together. Um, but it, it will be um, be out there and it will help people um, to... to um, for, to to help with um, NPD and innovation and that so yeah so that's something that's coming up in uh, in April. And what's what, the, uh, so, sorry, Stuart, what's the rough sorry. sort of application? What's the application route for that? Yeah, there will there will there will be a formal application form of which we 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 will get to the stage, and we're actually sort of trying to prime um, pump prime as many um, consultants and people that could be interested in working in that, and we'll take people through that process. Essentially, you will apply for a chunk of money, um, six figure sum of money. And um, again, the final detail is that is just being put together and you'll be asked to contribute 
um, not completely match fund, but fund a percentage of it. But the sort of good news is the contribution for that can be in kind. And the whole point of this is to bring um, collaborative people together to work on, on, on new opportunities. Tremendously exciting. Can you tell us um, a bit about the Dairy Nexus at SIUC's Barony campus? Because I think listeners would probably like to hear more about the kind of research and innovation that goes on at SIUC and, and the focus of research there. Yeah, the, it, it, interesting. The Nexus, it's while its objectives are similar to our, our projects, it is a, a different project. And unfortunately, they've got the cooler name than mine. Um, and and, and, we, and we, we didn't get in early enough. Um, but again, um, I think that the key thing to point out is that a lot of the funding that I'm pushing is, is is operational funding. It's about people and projects. And Nexus is about capital. It will be about physical buildings. And again, in a nutshell, what Nexus is going to be about is is is, is creating a center of excellence at, at the Barony project um, at the Barony College. And it'll be a, a transformational project to foster innovation in the dairy sector. They, again, they're getting their funding from slightly different sources from UK and Scottish governments through the Borderland Inclusive Growth Deal. And, and the project will involve the development and build of an infrastructure at, at, at Barony. Um, they plan to work in tandem with research activity and will focus on innovation on farm downstream milk processing technology and i think overall their aim is to maximize the value of milk and look at reduction of energy consumption and, and waste and processing storage i mean some of some of the elements they're actually looking at is they're looking at um sort of milk technology unit um co-innovation co hubs biorefinery search facilities there's going to be an ad plant and and also the the whole theory behind and it's quite a, a a complex theory, but fascinating. If you you go and Google it, is this whole concept of digital twinning, of where you you know you have a, a, a digital twin model of a reality and then swap mm -hmm. data to to improve both. Yeah, really cool. Um, I guess that ties in quite nicely with the education and careers. Tell us about that aspect of all this. Yeah, again, education and careers is 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 a main thrust um, for what we're doing, and I think we'd all agree that you know labour is the top of our agenda for some time. And when you talk about education, labour, you know, it, it it doesn't take time in this industry, a 10 minute conversation before you do start discussing areas of succession, new entrants, labour, training, short courses, long courses, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think it's really important to stress that this project's um, am aware of it. So how, how we plan to address that? I think firstly, um, you know, with SRUC, and based at the Barney, with the college facility we've had, we've got, and hopefully with what Nexus will deliver as well, we want to mould career, career pathways within the college to meet the demand pool that this project will create. Um, also, in addition, we're working with this organisation I mentioned at the, at the start called, um, called Smart Stems. Now, what Smart Stems do is um, they, they exist to inspire the next generation um, across all sectors on science, technology, engineering and maths and, and they do this through industry and education and um, organizing host events with the aim of inspiring and educating young people um I, it's fascinating i, I met the, the chat yesterday who, who's heading this up and, and as we speak today they're in paisley addressing over 300 pupils at, at, at an event under one roof to talk about the, the the benefit um of coming into the dairy sector and how the dairy sector is not just about putting clusters on cows at 6 a.m. in the morning in the cold. It's all about, you know, all, all the other things that we, we appreciate with that. 
again, I think in addition with the workforce, um, we have we have got to have this review of anticipated skills in the next 10 to 25 years. And we will be setting up a skills forum as well to tackle that as well and look at education and training. Other than that, obviously, you've got this £21 million, um, which has been, and this is for set purposes that you're undertaking. Mm. But uh, how is it different to the Scottish Dairy Growth Board? Yeah. The outlook, I suppose. Yeah. Again, the Scottish Dairy Growth Board, we, we I think there'll be, be slight crossovers, but they are, they are a very different organisation. I think they were set up to look at more the export of um, Scottish products and, and take Scotland abroad and also look at an investment of processing in Scotland, be that helping existing processors um, and looking at maybe new investment coming in. And again, I think from that point of view, we'll be hopefully um, able to help them. Mm. Um, so, and, so, so, so in essence, this is more inward investment, whereas that's outward investment. Um, to, to, to a degree, yes. And and again, I, I think there will be, be, be an alignment working with them, yeah. Um, David, let's bring you in. Um, how do you think that digital dairy chain will go down with farmers, um, both, I suppose, in southwest Scotland? We know it's that, that broader area um, and Cumbria. What will it mean for them? Well, firstly, I'd like to say a massive well done and thank you to uh, Richard Dewist and John Newbold at SIUC, who've really worked very, very hard on uh, farmers' behalf in the southwest of Scotland and Cumbria to get this award, this grant award. It's a significant award of money and it's probably the pump prime or the catalyst between the processors and the farmers in our area. Um, uh, even Chris will tell you on his, his little um, journey up to the north of southwest of Scotland, he came up um, this year and I'd look at it and he, he commented to me, it's the best milk field, must be one of the best milk fields in Europe. And it is, you know, we've got a, a group of fantastic scaled farmers across a, a grass growing forage based system um, in the southwest of Scotland that produces fantastic products. And I think the the the, the, the digital dairy growth chain is the is hopefully the catalyst that that brings that um thought that skill set together with collaboration and enhancing what we do as a as a business improving our sustainability um and attracting attracting further investment which is key to this area there's not a lot of people up here and um, we're quite sparsely populated um agriculture is a huge multiplier effect in the southwest of scotland and, and northern england um in Cumbria particularly so you know when farmers and we've had a fantastic year this year when farmers make money they spend it in the economy and that has a trickle-down effect which is really important for this area you know it, you think about the, the the sustainability and what we've been through you know it, it, it is fairly isolated when you get down to the Isle of Whithorn um, there's not a lot down there apart from dairy farms um, and big dairy farms so I think it's it, it is it is very important economically for our area um, so, you know, in terms of having local employment and having a future for that, that's that's that's, that's going to be there for the for the next generation. So it's, it's it's a big thing. We've got the majority of dairy farmers in the southwest of Scotland. So I th you're in the areas that Stuart's talked about and defined. So I think it's really you know it's, it's an excellent win for us, um, and it, it hopefully is going to strengthen the sector. It's uh, provide that catalyst to 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 get us working in the same way and have that supply chain improvement that we're looking for. And really, you know, I suppose it's to attract the best skill set into this area. Um, we've got some fantastic um, research coming out of SIUC. Um, really, you know, speaking to John a few weeks ago about what they were doing with um, 
amino acids and how the genetics and genomics experiments are now looking forward. I think there's some, you know, there's a really good opportunity here to make us a centre of excellence. So it's, um, I think, I hope the, the the funding that's been awarded will be put, you know, put to good purpose along that along that supply chain from the farm to the fact to the, to the processor. Well, loads of positivity from Dave there. Chris, can I just bring you in briefly in terms of how how you see this um, a, a positive thing, uh, a positive thing for the area? Well, I think it's hugely ambitious. I mean, Scots trying to get Scots to collaborate with Scots, let alone Cumbrians as well. It's massively <laughs> ambitious, isn't it? I mean, Emperor Hadrian would be turning in his grave, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but seri- seriously, I can't remember such an investment in a milk field as this. Um, I was going to say for a very long time. I'm trying to remember if ever. I don't think there has been this commitment to a milk field in 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 my career. And I think what is what is massively significant, aside from the money, is that officialdom has been looking down its nose out and giving agriculture and ruminant agriculture a bit of a kicking over the last few years because of its perceived negative environmental credentials. This is a huge vote of confidence, I think, in the industry, uh, a massive vote of confidence. And I think it should have and will have positive benefits much further south from its target area. Dave, from a real point of view, I mean, how many farmers are talking to you about this? Um, you speak to a lot of farmers on the ground, of course. So when the award was made, it was very high profile, and it was um, we were kind of uh, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, we were kind of mystified at how we would access and spend this money. Um, and I think you know Stuart and his team have done a fantastic job, even in the short time that he's been there, in uh, trying to um, tell us how we can get access to that. And what the grants are going to mean um, for farmers and processors. I mean, we've seen Appleby Creamery, um, their involvement. We've seen um, Kinder Milk and Lactalis and First Milk jumping on board um, with this. So I think it's I think it's it's really positive. I think what we now we want to see going forward is the farm lead. Um, so taking it from more or less from the farm gate into in, down that supply chain, and I think that's. Um, that's going to be key going forward and generating some some good news stories that we can we can share and and in a, use the you know the, the innovation and the skill set and the people that are that are supporting Stuart to 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 enable that really i would i would agree with david i think people were really shocked when they announced the amount of money that they've got um and the one thing i would say they've got the right man for the job in Stuart got the right man for the job it what Stuart doesn't know about scottish dairying and and scottish dairy farmers you know isn't worth knowing i would say you've been at the sharp end of their opinions and tongues for many a year now and um all that experience and all that knowledge will will really make this happen oh there we are Stuart. um uh in terms of practical support obviously so you mentioned these collaboration and innovation grounds um but it is uh, and and the layers uh the layers of advice as well for farmers mm-hmm. how can farmers tap into this on a practical basis i, I again I, I think this is a key point and um and it's great to hear the kind words from david and chris because i think generally this this is a fantastic project and I, again 
one of the main things to reinforce here, this is from farmers right up to processors. This is supply chain. So farmers can access this. Now, again, in addition to the larger grant funding, um, we have other um, ways of accessing funding. We have um, an, uh, a thing called the innovation vouchers. Now, what this is to do, the innovation voucher is to encourage partnerships between businesses and startups to, to work with a university or an innovation project. And the voucher will cover up to 50% of a total cost of up to £10,000. And this could be on any topic. So if a farmer wants to come along, if they have an idea or a theory, a new pioneering idea, come and speak to us. We then give the £10,000 to one of the, the universities behind us and we will go and do the research work and, and work with the farmer. And again, it's about taking, I think, people on their journey because if they do that and they get it to a level, then we can then move into the next level of the larger grant funding or involving the, the, the company census that we talked about earlier. Again, on a really sort of really nice for me, a, a, a pragmatic solution is, and, and David alluded to it, working with Appleby Creamery, we set up in there what's called a makerspace area, and we're going to be doing the same in Ayrshire. And what this is, is if a farmer is looking at an on-farm diversification project, but, you know, is an experienced dairy farmer, but doesn't know how to do that, doesn't know how to make um, a, a cheese product or a yogurt or an ice cream, they can come to this lab, this area, and free of charge have access two to three days, however long he needs to sit in this lab with a, te uh, with a dairy technician standing alongside him to make this product. After that two or three days, they then take away their product and go and run their business. And again, if they got, you know, if all the stars are aligned, they then could maybe access funding as well for to, to help them. So it's about taking the farmers on the journey. So so that's how we can help the farmer. And again, just to stress, Ben, at this stage, the project is is is, is still quite in its infancy, and we're sort of moulding it and trying to get the message out there. So I I truly mean this. Please, if 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 any, if even one percent of what we've just talked about just twinges an idea in anybody's head, please get in contact with us, and I'm sure we can direct you and get you involved at an early stage. And the best way to probably do that is through our, our website, digitaldairychain.co.uk. But again, with any large project like this, we're still in the stage of it, you know, slightly being moulded, so we could look at anything. Yeah. Mm. This generally sounds really fascinating. It's going to be great to see sort of where this goes over the next uh, over the coming months, really. Yeah, let's make cheese, lads. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get proposal in. Walk, walk, the Walkland Cheese Company. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah the, the Becky Leach Kite Podcast Cheese Company. <laughs> David, um, following up on, on on what Stuart said there, what, in terms of digital innovation, what do you think would be useful at farm level? I think there's a few key areas, um, and you've touched on one already, which is cheese. So we're, we're big cheese makers in this area. Yeah. In terms of what we've been doing with genomics, and you've heard it in previous podcasts um, through Rose and David, the, the genomics and genetic technology in terms of improving cheese yield on farm, I think is, is gathering pace. Um, whatever we do in this area, we're going to produce in milk solids. Um, you know, so that it, I think those, those things are one, I'd like to see that become um, an improvement of or a, a focus on on genomics to improve our yield of solids. I think that would be very valuable in this area. Um, I think there's a few other ideas. We're very very grass focused in this area, which is a fantastic USP for our products. Um, and I think there's probably more to do on soils in this area um, and managing and optimizing land. Uh, I think we can go, do go a long way down that route. Um, 
you know, in terms of either graze models or um, in silent forage, I think there's there's a lot of work we can do there. Um, we're seeing, you know, potentially with global warming, is, is maize going to make a resurgence in this area because it's a fantastic feed? And I think there's there's some really good work that we could do there in terms of our forage-based rations, um, which is, you know, it's a really a positive point um, for, for when we sell in, in to the end consumer. Um, thinking about emissions um, um, and optimising or reducing the emissions that we're making from animals and measuring that accurately. Um, you know, being involved with sustainability work with various processes in this area is a key question. Um, and the accurate measuring of that, I think, is, you know, to give that evidence back to our consumers and back to back to the government for scope three reporting, I think is, is really key. And, and then th thinking about animal welfare. And how we how we focus on animal welfare because it again um you know we're very proud of what we do in this area and i think the consumers rightly expect that we we, we want to you know enhance and and deliver more positive wins on that front so there's a combination of a few ideas that i think would be really good in this area um and that would enhance our reputation and, and deliver a you know um a more streamlined and efficient supply chain so that yeah. those are the areas that i would focus on yeah, Stuart, and I suppose that's where that research uh, and innovation that you talked about earlier comes in. So I know you, you've mentioned this, but is there anything you want to add to that? How how will that research filter down to farms in the area to to support that farm development? Yeah, I, I think Dave, Dave has touched on quite a lot there. Um, I, I mean, one, one of the main thrusts of the project, and it's actually bringing a lot of the processes together, is is what we're 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 talking about supply chain digitalization again the, the complicated words, but but what we're really looking at is is um, is setting up um, d demonstrators if you like which will connect the, the the whole supply chain to address the challenges. Now what we're looking at is is four demonstrators and that's um, what we're classing as smart farm, which is looking at sensors, data analysis, and, and valorization of animal welfare that David um, talks about. We're also then looking at smart transport that's looking at the, the milk storage innovation and digital twinning of milk fields so we can optimise logistics to keep price down and then look at you know, low carbon transport because that's something that's going to be coming our way soon. And then um, the next one is looking at the smart factory. So we're ploughing a lot of time and money into advanced manufacturing for process control and, and, and making a, a better, higher value product. And then the, the last one, which is truly, I went to visit a company yesterday afternoon, which was a lot of the stuff was over my head, but fascinating is, is about the smart network, about digital integration and how we can move lots of data very quickly, very securely. And this comes down to 5G technology, which in, in particular, um, you know, both the Scottish and UK government has made a big push for. Now, again, you know, farmers at home, maybe listening to this are thinking, well, this is all very grand, but what does it mean to me? Well, in addition to the various tranches of sort of work that we can push through, if this all goes to plan, if this works, and it, and I think it will, and I know it will, then essentially what this should do is come down to making a more value-added supply chain, which will hopefully return more in that milk check. That is what this is all about. Fantastic. Okay, David, um, last word for you. You are on farms on a day-to-day -day basis. In terms of the challenges that are coming down the road, how can a project like Digital Dairy Chain help to add value on farm and help the industry to move forward? We've, we've talked about this throughout, but perhaps you could summarise it for us. 
So just that last point that, that Stuart made, it's the capitalization of these benefits, really. We need to see and, and, and through a number you know, a number of people in the in the supply chain are talking about that. How can we capitalize on these benefits and actually bring um bring value back to the farm gate? I think that's really key. Or along the supply chain, I should maybe say. Um we're operating, I think the competitive advantage of the benefits and the efficiencies that hopefully the dairy, the digital dairy supply chain will deliver is going to make us your competitive on a world market uh, basis, which I think is really important. Um, you know, we, every time there's a downturn in the GDT, we suffer and we've got to be able to maintain, we've got to be able to maintain our producer base and produce um produce milk efficiently at a, you know, at a world price so we can compete. And I think that, you know, the, the potential for this um, innovation, this catalyst um, grant scheme to, to deliver into that and pump prime some of the, some of the things that we've discussed this morning, I think is, is a really, um, is, is really important. And, and hopefully we can get, have that competitive advantage that sees us into the next generation and it influences when processors are making decisions about where to build factories, they see the southwest of Scotland and the north of England as a key key area, and they they, they build steel here, um, which is going to give us a sustained future. Um, and the, as I've said, you know the multiplier effects of that for our economy locally are really really important. And I think you know we shouldn't we, the dairy farmers have a really big place in our communities because of that, um, and other reasons too positive reasons too but i think that you know the multiplier effect of what we do as an industry in in areas like southwest scotland northern England, is, is really key fantastic what a positive good news story podcast yeah. this is wow. fantastic okay well that's all we have time for today but a very big thank you to our guests Stuart martin david keely and chris walkland thank you very much for listening Please see the show notes for more information, including our podcast disclaimer. Next week, we'll be focusing on the situation in New Zealand. Um, but for now, it's goodbye from all of us here.